0: Welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse, and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. Erika Bernard is a Yaru Kidja woman from the Kimberley. She works for the West Australian Catholic Education Office in Broome as the Community Liaison Officer. Erika experiences and witnesses both her Aboriginal spirituality and her Catholic faith and hopes to be a role model of holiness to her people.
1: Nandi am a Erika Bernard. Today, I'd like to pay my respects and acknowledge my old people and ancestors whose country I am standing on today, Yarrow country in Broome, Western Australia. Today, I'm reflecting on the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 10, Verses 35 to 42. Having been asked to contribute to this podcast, I started to reflect on how I interpreted this reading. Then I remembered a quote from one of our long-serving Aboriginal deacons from the Catholic community of Wodai in Northern Churchy. I can't say his name just out of respect because he passed away not so long ago. But in one of his quotes, he says, when I read the gospels, I read them as an Aboriginal. So many of the things Christ said and did and the way he lived, make me think of the good things of our way of life Christ did not worry about material things. He looked on them as things that get in the way and make it hard to get to our true country. He was born in the countryside in a cave, like many of us, where we were born. He walked about just like us too, with nowhere to lay his head. He died with nothing on the cross. So many of our people die with nothing. He was strong on sharing, though. We do a lot of things like that. Of course, he went a little bit further. In the Eucharist, he shared himself as nobody else could. That's the end of his quote. Reflecting on James and John, I look at it from my community and my family and extended family point of view, of James and John going to ask Jesus to grant them to sit at his right hand and other on the, on the left hand. So they were like, I understood it as that's a high authority place, like that's a very important place for two people to sit. And then I reflected in my own family that we have people that do ask of elders or bypass elders to sit at the table and have a very strong voice in speaking for the rest of the family of their culture and their law. But because we've got elders and because we've got older people um, in our family, those guys that do those sorts of things, um, it's not their right place to do them. It's not their right time to do them. So it makes them sound a little bit foolish. And like Jesus saying to James and John, you've got to serve first, you know, We've got to go out and do what I do, did before you can ask me if you could sit at my right hand or the left hand. And in doing that anyway, it's not my authority to allow you to do that. Hence, like in my family, other than those people going ahead and just talking at a place, if they would to go to, and sit down with our elders, those old people will say well it's not your time to speak yet you haven't done you haven't worked you haven't been around or you haven't sat down with our family you haven't gone through the process of law you haven't gone through all our law and cultural obligations for you to be able to sit at the table and speak from where I am speaking you haven't sat down and learned the stories you haven't sat down and learned your family history of where you come from or where your family has actually started from and how we are um, related to other people that are around the table or that are around in our communities or in our extended families. So like Jesus saying to James and John, unless you do that, you serve, and unless you walk like I did, then right at the end of it, it's up to God you know, the high authority. I was lucky enough that I got my parish priest that are a few steps away from me in having this conversation about trying to understand what John and James was asking Jesus. And it was, yeah, that they wanted to have authority before doing all these other little things. And even though Jesus was saying, well, you know, can you drink from my drink and can you be baptized? He says, yes, you can. You both can. And they said, yes, I can drink from your drink and I am baptised. And Jesus says, well, yes, I, I, I can give you that authority because I've done that as well, but I can't give you that authority to sit on, mine, on the right hand of God the Father and the left hand. That's a higher authority for me to even grant you. And that's just what reflects in my own family of people trying to get to that high authority, even in workplaces, where you find that people may have deceived other people and um, to know what they think they know, but they don't know, just to gain their place up the ladder or in society to make themselves look good or make themselves feel very important. And for those of us like the disciples in the scripture reading that got angry with James and John, Like those disciples, we too, those who are working and are trying very hard or working very hard to climb that ladder or to gain access or to be in a position where we can sit at the table with our old people, that we work hard in doing that and, and gathering the knowledge. And for John and James to go in and just ask straight out, we tend to get a little bit Narky about it or and, and get angry because who gave you know they've got no right to do that in the first place. And like the Gentiles, or in my, in my space or in my context, the rest of the community that probably wouldn't be very happy with James and John or people that um, act like them in that space of wanting to plan the corporate ladder rule be at the table with these old people when they weren't there in the first place and helping them. We have so much examples in the scripture readings that sort of brings us back to really understanding life in general. And this one, when I was reading it from Mark, it sort of did remind me of my own journey as well, that I needed to pace myself and not talk at a place, I do a lot of welcome to country in my grandfather country here, and my Mimi, my, that's my grandfather's family side here at Broome. And I'd always go off to do the welcome to country with my grandfather's sister. She's my Mimi. She's, she's deceased now. But in all these times there, on every different occasion, there'd be something new like every time she'd give me a little bit more to go into, not only to speak on their behalf but other little responsibilities. And one year we got to Notre Dame University's graduation here and this one day her and I were sitting there preparing for the smoking and she said, well, today um, maybe you could conduct this, you know, the smoking, and I'll go up and I'll talk about it so you can smoke these people that come through make them feel welcome in our country because it used to be the other way around, that she would conduct that most important part of the smoking ceremony because that smoking ceremony, she was, when Notre Dame was brought here to Broome, there was something special that she wanted to give to that university to share from her culture and from her law and it's something so close and so important to her to make people feel welcome. So there was this one time she said, I think you're ready to do this now. I think you're ready to take over the smoking part. Because it was a graduation I thought, oh, I was graduating too myself. So ever since then, I do the smoking ceremony only in Notre Dame and I only do it there. I don't do it outside of Notre Dame. It's because it was me being in her presence and she guided me and she gave me that, that permission there. We did not do this outside in the public or outside in the town area or any other place. We only did that there. So I know that this is my place and this is where I can only stay in that lane, so to speak. And I wouldn't dream of then, because I did that with her there, I would not even dream to put myself or place myself in these other smoking ceremony graduations outside of Notre Dame because that wouldn't be my place to do that. It would be my auntie, or what she'd be like my another mother, or my auntie Mary, which is my Mimi for first daughter. And because she's the next one in line to take over all, all her responsibilities out in the public. And she does that very well. And she does that with um, teaching us as well. I'm sometimes there with her. But I don't do the talking and I don't conduct anything. She does all that and she teaches us how to do it. So I saw James and John, me reflected and my family reflected in this story with James and John wanting that high authority. And then there were other people in my family and there are other people you can see in other families that have taken it upon themselves to sit at this hierarchical. Or up the top, or you know, in the, in the top picking order, when really they shouldn't be there, and when they are questioned, or when they are told that it's not your time to speak, it's not your time to be talking, it's not your time to be seated there, then there's a big conflict that happens. But in the end, then people all come together, especially when it's family time, and then everybody sorts out all their businesses, and sometimes. People, when they are wanting to learn or they come into this space of understanding this, I keep saying pecking order, but understanding this process of how to get there, they understand and, they, and then it takes them back and then stops them and then they have that time to gradually grow into this space and I'm thinking that's how James and John would have done with Jesus. And a lot of the teachings that Jesus would have taught them, it's not only that what they've asked is, I think the point is that you have a look at the people, you know, your brothers or disciples that um, are very upset at the moment. You've upset them by asking this request. You've upset them by asking this request because um, who Jesus was, but because those two weren't any different to the disciples. And that's what well, I see a lot of in, in our families here, especially around the time when we, when we have to collect all the information for all our families, when we have to put in a native title claim or to go back on country to sort of find out the rest of our families. There was this wonderful quote that was taken from the address by the late John Paul, the second, and it was the address of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And it says, Take this gospel into your own language and way of speaking. Let the spirits penetrate in your communities and determine your behavior towards each other. Let it bring new strength in your stories and your ceremonies. Let the gospel come into your hearts and renew your personal lives. And I think I thought that was so powerful that I, I sort of rewrote that and have it stuck up on the wall right next to my computer. So um, once I got the readings from Mark, just to remind me, because I like to go into scripture to search for meaning and search for guidance, it sort of brought me back to earth and brought me back to a place where I need to be a servant like Jesus was a servant and how he served and I need to do that in my community, being a part of the plenary council at the moment. There are times to reflect of what sort of a church that we want here or how where we're going to move into next. And I was thinking there was some wonderful little quotes that was thrown out there. One of them, what I want to do is to be a role model of holiness for my people. And if I can do that, I would be very, very happy. I can walk in the footsteps of Jesus and always be reminded of, you know, don't step outside of his footsteps because I know of many times how he's touched my life if I wasn't rushed or when I've waited and I've had a lot of patience for things to happen in time and the journey that um, he could take me. And then we have this mantra, especially in all like Catholic schools up here, well, sometimes I say to my own in, um, immediate family, like my children, I've got three daughters and I've got a brother, and I sometimes say to him, you know, well, what would Jesus do when he's acting silly or, you know, when, when he's grumpy or, you know, when he's not happy with somebody else? And sometimes, yeah, they sort of stop and they reflect of that little saying, you know, what would Jesus do? And they tend to then figure it out of where they need to go to next. And I often, that's sort of a little mantra for myself as well. So I hope people like James and John would stop in their tracks and, what do you say, smell the roses sometimes, but know their place. Hence, that's why that was the title of my talk. I hope that um, I will always know my place in my Society and in my community and in my family.
0: You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women in the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at WATAC and the Grail at GrailAustralia.org.au the music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher, Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify.